Hello and welcome again, fellow coffee and book lovers. Today we are continuing on in the literary journey of the book titled Coffee, A Connoisseur's Companion, written by Claudia Rodin, published in 1994. We are partway through chapter one, history, and today I'll be reading to you the second section of chapter one, titled 300 Years of Trade. An Italian wrote from Constantinople in 1615, The Turks have a drink of black color, which during the summer is very cooling, whereas in the winter it heats and warms the body, remaining always the same beverage and not changing its substance. They swallow it hot as it comes from the fire, and they drink it in long droughts, not at dinner time, but as a kind of dainty, and sipped slowly while talking with one's friends. One cannot find any meetings among them where they drink it not. With this drink, which they call kahu, they divert themselves in their conversations. When I return, I will bring some with me, and I will impart the knowledge to the Italians. Many European travelers to the Levant were already reporting on the strange drink. In the same year, Venetian merchants brought coffee beans into Europe from Mocha, five years after the Dutch brought tea, and 80 years after cocoa was introduced by the Spanish. This was the start of a most lucrative trade for the Arabians, one they jealously guarded for a hundred years while they were the sole providers of coffee to the world. Berries were not allowed out of the country without first being steeped in boiling water or parched to destroy their power of germination, and strangers were prohibited from visiting plantations a difficult task with so many pilgrims uh, joining to Mecca. It was in fact a pilgrim from India who smuggled out the first beans capable of germination. The first coffee plant to be brought to Europe was stolen by Dutch traders in 1616. The Netherlands East India Company realized the commercial advantages of cultivating the bean, and by the end of the century they had set up plantations in the Dutch colonies of Ceylon, Java, and Sumatra, Celebs, Timor, and Bali. The French followed in a less businesslike, more romantic way with the introduction of coffee into their own colonies. A coffee plant was presented to Louis XIV by the burgomaster of Amsterdam in 1714. It blossomed in the Jardin des Plantes, tarded, tended by the royal botanist Antoine de Jusseau. It was destined through the initiative of a young naval officer from Normandy, Gabriel Mathieu de Clou, I'm sure I'm not saying that right, to become the progenitor of all the coffees of the Caribbean and the Americas. Delighted by the drink he discovered in the Paris coffee houses during a visit from Martinique and hearing about the plantations in Java, he became obsessed with the idea of starting cultivation in the French colonies. Having obtained a seedling through clever intrigue, he set sail for Martinique with the tender young plant in a glass box. The voyage was fraught with misadventure and the plant was in constant danger, not least from a passenger who repeatedly tried to destroy it and even managed to tear off some leaves during a struggle with the clue. Surviving a fierce tempest and flooding with salt water, as well as a period of water rationing, during which it shared Declou's own scant supply, 
The seedling was eventually planted in the officer's garden in Martinique, surrounded by thorny bushes and under constant surveillance of an armed guard. This tiny plant was to provide all the rich estates of the West Indies and Latin America. Coffee was introduced soon after in Spain's West Indian colonies of Puerto Rico and Cuba. Britain was the last country to cultivate coffee in its colonies. It started cultivation in Jamaica in 1730 and waited till 1840 to begin cultivation in India, where it had previously concentrated on tea. At the same time, Brazil entered the field, acquiring the plant, as legend relates, through the charms of a Lieutenant Colonel Francisco de Melo Palheta. The Brazilian officer, having attracted the attentions of the governor's wife on a visit to French Guiana in 1727, received a coffee plant hidden in a bouquet of flowers as a token of her affection. This gift was the start of the greatest coffee empire in the world. Progress was slow at first, with Roman Catholic missionaries playing a major part in spreading coffee growing throughout Brazil and in other parts of South America. In the middle of the 19th century, the terrible leaf disease, Emilia vasistrix, struck, struck Asia. Within a few years, it had completely wiped out coffee in India and Ceylon, Java, Sumatra, and Malaya, leaving the field wide open to Brazil with its ideal volcanic soil, its moist, foggy climate, and its large slave labor force. By the end of the century, Brazil had achieved supremacy in world coffee production, a position it still holds today. The mass consumption of coffee had spread throughout the world and coffee had entered its golden age. It is Brazil's growing and enormous production that has changed the role of coffee from luxury drink to common everyday beverage. Its problem soon became one of overplanting and overproduction. While in Colombia, it is a matter of overcoming the difficulties of growing and transportation on the high slopes of the Andes. So large and dependable has the world consumer demand become, with America, which takes about one-third of the world's supply, in the lead, that to satisfy it, a coffee-growing belt has spread to all lands of suitable climate across the world. Lying between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn, the belt spreads thickly across the Americas, through the islands of the Caribbean, and the now-turbulent areas of Africa and Arabia. It embraces the Malgasy Republic, India, and the East Indian and Pacific Islands. In more than 60 countries, it provides a living for some 25 million people, and gives the beans a most important part in the world trade as a commodity second only to oil. I will leave off here today at the bottom of page 18, and I will continue next morning with more of the history of coffee. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed.